I write so many songs that I don't even think about those songs anymore. I don't get attached to it, because if I did, I couldn't move on and there'd be no space for a new song. A quote from Prince, published in a 2015 article from The Guardian. It's said that the prolific purple-clad performer penned at least one song a day, every day. One can imagine it'd be easy to lose track of them all, especially if they never make it past the demo stage. This was almost the case for a song Prince wrote in 1984 in his rehearsal space in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. The lyrics were written in an hour, the song was recorded immediately after, and that was the last time the Prince version of today's song was heard, until the recording was released in 2018, two years after his passing. However, the song did see a commercial release with one of the bands under Prince's label, The Family. The Family was a band made up of the remaining members of The Time, Prince's side project band which had split up in 1985 due primarily to the difficulties of working with Prince. The song featured on The Family's first album and promptly went nowhere. Well, almost nowhere. We know for sure that Fuck No Kelly heard it. You know, Fuck No Kelly, the manager for Irish singer Sinead O'Connor in the 1990s. O'Connor recorded the song for a second studio album, I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. Before release, the recording was provided to Chris Hill, co-director of Ensign, the record label O'Connor was signed to. Quote, Fuck No Kelly, Sinead's manager, brought in a cassette, and when I heard it, I actually started crying. I just sat there with tears in my eyes. Then O'Kelly rang up Sinead O'Connor and went, Chris is crying. Was it that bad? Sinead asked, recalls Hill. It was not that bad. Released as the second single for the album, the track hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, topped the charts in several other countries, and was named the number one world single of 1990 by Billboard, and earned O'Connor a Grammy for Best Alternative Performance, although she refused to claim the award or even attend the ceremony. But how did Prince feel about all this? Publicly, he praised the interpretation. Quote, I love it. It's great. I look for cosmic meaning in everything. I think we just took that song as far as we could. Then somebody else was supposed to come along and pick it up, said Prince. According to Prince's sound engineer, Susan Rogers, Prince didn't like anyone recording his songs unless he specifically asked them to. The eccentric pop musician made that known to O'Connor when he invited her to his home, where he berated her for swearing in interviews, assaulted her with a hard object hidden inside of a pillowcase, and chased her in a car when she fled his home. So today... We celebrate the resiliency of Sinead O'Connor, who fought against the violence of the popular music industrial machine and, uh, Prince. That's right, we're talking Nothing Compares to You, made famous by Sinead O'Connor on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs. There are many cover versions to find out which one compares to you. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my fancy co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Oh, Alex Mildenberger, so how fancy. are you? So fancy. Uh, you doing good, bro? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think we're both sort of uh, getting used to regular life after a couple weeks off. I know, dog. I'm I'm on Italy time. Yeah, uh, Central European time, which actually I don't think Italy is on. They're on something else. They're on Italy time, baby, baby, <laughs> baby. baby <laughs> island time. Island time. Peninsula uh, time. Peninsula time. Yeah. As we learned in our in our many tours we took there, Italy is part of Africa, tectonically speaking. Yeah, so. or like half, like because there's yeah. mountains range right in the middle. So like the Eurasian plate. And the Africa plate, whatever, yeah, are, are colliding right, kissing right in the middle of, uh, right the middle <laughs> That's of Italy. how you get little baby Italy. That's how you get little baby Italy, when an African plate and a Eurasian plate love each other very much. Yeah. Yeah. They make, they make a mountain range. And then they and make a, a pizza. And a boot, that's right. <laughs> and then pizza, hey! You know, a Canadian uh, saw 
uh, Italy on a map. He said, what's all this? A boot? Uh, but yes, going back to normal and uh, and going back to normal recordings as well. Yeah, so we're back. We're back in beautiful um, uh, Canada. Western Canada. Western Canada. Uh, the blockbuster summer is over, which now, of course, means it's time for our unofficial theme month of dead timber. Of, yeah, catch up on all the people who, who passed away over passed the last couple months, um, including... Yes. Sinead O'Connor in this. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, who passed at 56 of unknown causes. Yeah. Pretty young. Pretty suspicious. Also pretty young. <laughs> it was Prince. Yeah, I think the Prince estate still has it out for her. Yeah. But I could be wrong here. Um, other news Maybe, to catch allegedly, up on Allegedly. Here. Allegedly. Allegedly. Listen, we can't, I can't say anything for sure. But we but can't allege it, apparently. I can't, I can't, I'm alleging it because holy shit, that print story, it was like, it was like a blip on the like facts on this song. And then yeah. I was like, okay, that might be like Prince Assaulter. I was like, Prince is a little guy. He's like fucking, you know, <laughs> five, three or something. Like, I don't think he can hurt anyone. And then I read the story. It's like, oh no, he planned this. Like He, he was trying to murder Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. He was, uh, he was an odd dude for, for a number of reasons, but it sounds like he was sometimes a little bit violent. A little bit. He did love conflict because even just shit that didn't yeah. involve him at all, like it was Timberlake's fucking sexy back, right? And then he's just like, like calls the press to be like, "Sexy never left." And like, it's like <laughs> you could have said nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A bit of a dink. Um, but hey, Sinead O'Connor, super cool, is what I learned this week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't have a lot of like uh, facts and trivia. About Here's facts and trivia. She's no, she's well known for a shaved head look. Yeah, which which she enacted because like a music producer was like, you gotta be more feminine, Sinead. You gotta get, we gotta get you wearing little skirts and and dressing up with lots of makeup. She said, fuck you, and then shaved her head and then just stuck with that. Um, she didn't attend the Grammys when she won this Grammy Award for Best Alternative Performance because she believed she was being celebrated for her commercial sales and not her artistic merit. Yeah, fair which enough. I think is is a fair point. And then she she's famous or infamous perhaps for tearing up a photo of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, which, that's the like one thing I know about her. I know the Pope thing, uh, and then I know that this song is always on lists of like the best covers of all time. Of all time, and I tend to agree with that. I think this cover rips. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That that was a very like I don't like this cover. Okay. Um. Well, we haven't. We'll 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 talk about the song when we. I, I guess we will, we Alex. It. My next question was going to be, do you like this song? Like the song? Yeah. And I like your the answer song. is, you like it when Prince is singing. <laughs> like it when Prince is singing. I mean, it's just it's got to be a little guy, right? Uh, <laughs> if it's a little guy doing it, you know. If it's a little violent man. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I do like this song. Okay. I do. Okay. But I hadn't heard it before this week. Really? Because, I don't know, yeah, like, like it's always on lists of the greatest covers of all time, and I'm like, I guess I'll probably listen to it one day, but then I don't. All right. Well, Until Alex. now. Until now. Now, we're going we're gonna to get right into the meat of things here, but first, a little update for everyone, because I've known this, and you've known this, so you probably forgot, but... You told me. Um, yes. We've been at war with Spotify yeah, uh, for a while here now. Uh, they banned my account. They haven't even noticed that we're at war with them, but we've been there. We've been there. But here's the thing, is they gave me the account back, baby. 
It's bad. They okay. said, we want you yep. back. They said, well, you found out there was no infringement. And I said, you're goddamn right. And am I coming back to Spotify? I know you're all, you're all fucking, you're on the edge of your seats here. You're like, please get this man back on Spotify. I said, fuck no. Fuck Spotify. We're still at war. Fuck those guys. Use a better podcasting app. Um, Spotify, contact me when you got fucking hi-fi audio. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Contact me when you're more about the music and less about the fucking little TikTok videos, okay, Spotify? Do they do those? Yeah, they're like, when you go to the main page on Spotify, it shows you like oh, little fucking... little videos. Yeah, they do little Everybody's videos. Everyone's got to do little videos now. Everybody's got to have their little... Not title though, baby. Title like, just wants you to listen to Jay-Z, and you yeah. know what? I'll do it. Little little video? No thank you. Little guy? Okay. Little guy? Yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. What, Prince? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I should ask you that. You a big Prince fan in general, Alex? Um, I like some Prince songs. I don't... Okay. I mean, I say that, you know, I, I get into some Purple Rain, you know. We we covered Raz, Raspberry Beret a little while ago. One of the like best songs, songs about barn fucking. One of the best songs about barn fucking. Um... I like Prince. Uh, I, I don't know a ton of Prince, I'll admit, but uh, you know he's got some. He's got some good hits. Yeah, I know Raspberry Beret. I know Purple Rain more by name than anything else. Mm-hmm. And like 1999, also more by name and uh, Bat Dance. Bat Dance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the rest of that soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> did he do more? I, I, I don't know it. He did. He did a whole bunch soundtrack. for that. Yeah, he did the soundtrack. Or at least bunch of it yeah but he also wrote this song in an hour and then was willing to fight to the death for it so <laughs> right because like you said he's he's writing songs constantly and that's one of the things he's famous for is writing a ton of not just writing songs but recording demos yeah uh, or you know to some recording songs to some level of completion and then just putting it in his uh, vault i think possibly even a literal vault but i, I was it the disney that. vault do they share the space yeah yeah well it's, it's mickey mouse shaped but there's yeah there's vhs copies of bambi in there and then there's yeah uh, it's, it's all of disney's demo. porn it's <laughs> bambi and then it's prince songs <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a good use of space. It's a pretty good vault. Uh, yeah. I think they're doing the next Indiana Jones about that. <laughs> <laughs> of the Disney vault. The vault of Disney. The Indiana Jones' grandkid wants to see fucking Bambi. And he's like, all right. He's like, all right. But the there vault. is Indiana Jones pornography in there. <laughs> yeah, because now he's Disney property. So there's, he's like, I got to make sure to clear out my pornography from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to lose something before you can gain something, you know? That's yeah. right. That's storytelling. And speaking of losing something, losing a loved one in a, in not, a not a death sense, which is what that phrase brings to mind, but in a, right. like a, a parting sense, it's what this song is about. And now we're looking at the Sinead O'Connor lyrics here, at least that's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, they're uh, pretty similar. Pretty similar, not except exactly right same. here in the first line, the number yeah. of days is different. Yeah, which is, I think 15 sounds better. I agree. Um, don't know why exactly, but it just rolls off the tongue a little easier. Mm-hmm. 15, 13. Yeah, I like 15 better. Yeah, I don't know. So the line is, it's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. Let's talk about that. So it's a pretty it's a pretty solid intro. Yeah, it sort of rolls it out slowly, but also kind of backwards, right? Yes. Like typically you start coarse and then go fine. 
but it's sort of like so seven hours. Oh, but it's actually also been like over two weeks. Yeah, so it lets you know like the specificity of the hurt that this person's counting it to the hours. Yeah, and, and after that much time. Up. Yeah, and it's you're like, okay, it's been seven hours. You're like, since what? Since breakfast? Since like, <laughs> like this could be very minor. And then it's like in 15 days, you're like, okay, this is somebody's fixating on something. Yeah, absolutely. And since you took your love away, this person has left. Yeah, they left. I think that's an important part of the story is, is that dynamic. Right? Yeah. They, they left this person. This is theoretically a breakup, although some people speculate that this song was inspired by Prince's housekeeper, Sandy uh, Scipioni or Scipioni. I didn't who, see uh, it. I didn't see the name uh, It's, it's uh, S-C-I-P-I-O-N-I, so I'm imagining it's Italian. Okay. So this, your C-I is definitely a chi, but S-C-I might just be a sk, so I think it's Scipioni. Um, who left him to be, so she left him after her fa- father suddenly died. She goes to be with her family, and so it's possible that he wrote this about her. That's weird. <laughs> it is weird. I feel, he seems like the kind of guy who took a lot of things very personally. <laughs> that yeah. was not necessarily that. Yeah, that he yeah. should maybe just calm down about. Yeah. But uh, to hear Susan Rogers, his recording engineer, tell it, she says, Sandy was the person who made sure he had his favorite beverage, which was Five Alive. And she made sure the house was que- clean <laughs> and that there were fresh flowers on the piano and that the socks and underwear were washed. That might have been the inspiration. Wow. Five Alive. Five. I wonder what flavor. <laughs> I wonder. It's classic, probably. Citrus. Citrus. Snow crop. Snow crop. What? I'm sorry, Snow I'm crop? Fi- I haven't had Five Alive in a while. Uh, so I had to Google it uh, to remind me that it's just juice. It's fucking juice, man. Yeah, it's, it's called Five Alive because it's like, yeah, it's like Minimade juice. Um, I don't know, he's a Minnesotan guy at heart, you know? He just likes a bit of juice. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that's, so that's maybe your inspiration here. And there is some looseness in the lyrics where it can be like a more platonic love or even a rather than a romantic love, but it is like a strong love regardless. Yeah, in that case, it almost sounds like somewhat maternal, but Prince was yes. a, little, a little weird, so who knows? And that's something that like Sinead O'Connor even draws on in her version, though I wonder if it was intentional or not. It's quite strange, but the verse continues. I yes. go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love away. Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. I can see whomever I choose. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant, but nothing. I said nothing can take away these blues. Take away these blues. Yeah, he's basically like listing things, or they're basically like listing things. Um, that it would potentially, like, he's, they're describing themselves as being like free now, essentially. Yes. Which is kind of a... A uh, concept that comes up when talking about relationships ending, like, ah, you're single, you're free now. The book free, doesn't yeah. matter, you know? So it's not like. Exactly. That you're no longer unusual. bound to this person, but yeah. you were quite happy to be there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they sleep all day. That's kind of a depressive thing. They go out all night. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for something. Night's something. the time for lovers. You go out looking for love. Yeah. I've, I've heard that uh, the night belongs to lovers. That's right, Alex. Bruce Springsteen told us that patty smith told us in that in person right we saw that he did play it live i'm pretty sure yeah it's hard to remember these things but i'm pretty sure he did 
It was weird though because I think he actually said because the night belongs to Glover. To Glover, yeah. He's, he he was holding up a, an N sixty four cartridge. I couldn't quite see. Yeah, it. Was, it, it was some. It was definitely small and gray. Yeah. That was yeah very strange. Um, and but then, yeah, I respect the artistry. And then at the end, when he said, uh, "God bless all the Smash Bros. players in the city," that yeah, that was a weird <laughs> concert. <laughs> Uh, I don't know uh, if there's you did a tournament say this going goes on at the same out to time. My, uh, my Smash brothers and sisters. <laughs> Smash brothers and sisters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very yeah weird. Quite bizarre, but yeah, I feel like going out at night, you're looking for something, right? Yeah, uh, generally the like you said, time for lovers, uh, and like Bruce said as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> for lovers, Smash brothers, <laughs> for Smash sisters, brothers and sisters. Um, and yeah, it's also a time to eat dinner in a fancy restaurant. At a fancy restaurant, which I mean, I feel like I don't know why you couldn't do that with the other person because i feel like that's the sort of thing exactly the sort of thing you would do but also it costs twice as much at least that's true but but also prince if this is his housekeeper who presumably also makes him dinner oh yeah and al- true. also again this like motherly love is a role where it's like we have food at home yeah she's like i could eat dinner at a fancy restaurant instead of you making my food or whatever or maybe us making food together whatever together yeah could be but it's not the same like as fancy as it is it's not the same because it's not it doesn't come from that place of love. And yeah, exactly. And nothing can take away these blues. So nothing fills the hole. And why is that? Because nothing compares. Nothing compares. Yeah, to a it. nice quick little, uh, little. I mean, a refrain line almost. Yeah, it's, it's more credit of a refrain a chorus than a chorus. Here, yeah. Um, and yeah, what a killer line that is. But yeah. we come to verse two. It's been so lonely without you here, like a bird without a song. Easy. Things are unnatural and lonely. Isolating. Yeah. I mean, a thing that always has this particular thing, or almost always, it's mm-hmm. gone. It's gone. It's just cut up. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's unusual. Strange life and haunting. Nothing can stop these lonely tears from falling. Tell me, baby, where did I go wrong? Um, I could put my arms around every boy I see, but they'd only remind me of you. Of course, I think that's girl I'd see in the yeah, Prince version. It, it could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's let's talk about that part. So nothing can stop these lonely tears. He's lonely and he's crying because of that. Yeah. Um, and it's a confused hurt because uh, they don't know where they went wrong. The, the narrative. Yeah, another songs. another thing that comes up sometimes in songs, you know, breakup songs. Yeah, like what 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 happened? I don't understand. Um, I'm I'm reaching. Yeah, for, tell me, baby, I'll change. Like, yeah, you know, I, it's, you you feel like you're at fault when maybe maybe some relationships just end. You know. Yeah. Maybe sometimes somebody's father dies and they have to leave to go be with their family. Leave to go be with their family. Yeah, maybe they're like just going somewhere else. Yeah, like caller Prince. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's I don't know. You, you, yeah, surely you have her number. You were employer. Like you, <laughs> you must have contact info. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, and then kind of mirroring the sit, sort of mirroring the the previous statement of going out every night. You know, putting their arms around every boy or in the original girl i see um yeah it's pursuing other some kind of romantic relationships but to uh less effect but yeah to no avail because it doesn't fill the the actual because i mean in that case it's more explicitly romantic i mean we talked yeah absolutely i don't think you put your arms around your your housekeeper all that often generally in you know that sort of a phrasing would be romantic yeah and then, so yeah, he's like, I can't, I, again, yeah, you're right. It's like a repetition. Again, like the, the thesis statement is the title of the song, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. Here is a thing I could do. It does not compare to you. 
I am crying because nothing compares to you. Birds can't sing because nothing compares to you. It's, it's all to you. all goes down my line. And then, of course, here we get well, probably <laughs> probably I, probably the best part of the song. I went to the doctor and guess what he told me? Guess what he told me? He said, "Girl, you better try to have fun no matter what you do." But he's a fool. He's a fool because you can't have fun. Yeah. And this is like the doctor, the the ultimate representation of logic is like, listen, dog, just fucking get over it. Yeah. And and from this like PhD who's like, I'm educated. I know the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is just fucking get over it, bro. Yeah. And then the the narrator is like, that dude doesn't know shit because this is a matter of the heart, baby. This is emotion. And obviously, he's never hung out with you. Had you make him a sandwich? I don't know. Loved you? Because nothing compares to you. Yeah. The doctor doesn't know shit. That's, that's the summary on that. Yeah. Don't listen to doctors. Doctors are fools. That is the upshot of this song. That is, that's exactly right. They use so this a lot here. in the anti-vax campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the flowers that you planted, Mama in the backyard all died when you went away I know that living with you baby was sometimes hard but I'm willing to give it another try yeah there's an interesting couple I mean first half um, is very much like a downer take on it right I mean obviously it's a depressed so like person in the song is depressed about this yeah. but like the, all the flowers died when you left away uh, which you know can be interpreted a couple ways um the color's gone from their life, the beauty's gone from their life, all that stuff. Yeah. And also, like, this this relationship that was cultivated is is dead. Yes. Um, which is a strong image, but also, like, not necessarily how that would work. Yeah, I guess. But, but like, there's the idea also that everything's like... dead and, like, completely unrecoverable is, like, well, extreme. Well, yeah, but, but it's an extreme there... position to take. For sure. But then there's also the literal version of this, where she literally planted flowers in the backyard. And after her leaving, I mean, it's been seven hours and 15 oh, days. Oh, true. They died because no one's taking care of they them. They literally died. This person sleeps all day and goes out at night. They're not watering the plants. Yeah. And so this, this beautiful part of their life, both metaphorically and literally, has withered without their presence. Yeah, because this person... Uh, but, uh, and then, it's because the person's not willing to do the work themselves. <laughs> And take care of themselves and take care of these things. It so I think that's the next part of it as well, funny, right? doesn't it? Yeah. Because the line is, I know that living with you, baby, was sometimes hard. Yeah. But I'm willing to give it another try. Which, I mean, as I, I kind of put a, put a bookmark in that early line of, you took your love away. Yeah. They left this person. But now they're saying, oh, I'm willing to give it another shot. It's like, well, you don't really get to decide that. Yeah, it's like you were, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and then verse two, you're like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, well, maybe take a look at this bridge verse here and understand yeah. that you're yeah, maybe a little up your own ass. Yeah, which, I mean, it all fits into the song. So, like, it, it, it's the person presented in the song. I think it's pretty effective. Yeah, and so, like, that's the Prince version we're talking about here. This is, I guess, important to talk, because Mama, in this context, is... The same way it was used in the Led Zeppelin song we talked about, Black Dog. Hey, hey, mama. Hey, mama. It's lady. It just really means lady. But for Sinead O'Connor, the line mama becomes very literal for her. Because when she performs it mm-hmm. in the music video, she actually cries at this part. 
And it's, it's she talks about an interview. And she's like, well, I was thinking about my mother at that time. Her mother was very abusive, like locked her in her room for a whole weekend without food, amongst other horrendous things to do to a, you know, your own child. And so then that line, I know that living with you, baby, was sometimes hard, but I'm willing to give it another try is so much more impactful coming from Sinead O'Connor because it's like, I know you were awful, but you're also my mother. And like, <laughs> I'm yeah, willing to try that that again. way. Is very different. <laughs> yeah, very different, right? So, and it's such a strange line because then you have to look at the rest of it with that in mind. And it's like, is Sinead singing to her mom this whole time? Or is this like an aside in her fucking cry for this lost lover where she's talking about just her childhood and how that has maybe in some way set her up for failure or like set her up for some emotional damage? Like it's. And it's, I think it's impossible to say. I'm just fucking right. It's kind of the, it's like the previous verse is like, where where did I go wrong? It's like, well, maybe all the way back, <laughs> all the way, back, all the way back there. And then the flowers that you planted, Mama, are not like uh, literal flowers, like Prince's housekeeper, but like the the lessons she learned from her mother. Yeah, that were somehow rotten or something. Yeah, they all died. Like maybe there was value in there, but it is all it is all. But it rotted. got it got killed by the by the abuse or something and then she mm-hmm. ignored the the positive things she could have learned or something like that or, or like wasn't that. taught anything positive or i don't know yeah or just that like um and it's brought up in uh, like a bojack horseman episode that one where he's doing the monologue for the whole episode where he oh, talks yeah. about how he's like he's like you know the, the one of the reasons i kept talking to my parents and like kept it up is because i hoped that things might change one day. It's like, what's like when a show gets canceled that you don't really like, but you thought it could be good. Hmm. It's so she's maybe talking here about how she's like, well, I know my mother was bad, but like now she's dead and it can never be good. Right now. It's definitely fate is sealed. Yeah. So it takes on a heavier uh, context with Sinead O'Connor. And this is another thing I think I like about her from what I've learned this week is that she is like a real artist for art's sake we talk a lot about popular music on here and then she's like a weird art kid she's kind of like in the same lines as like kate bush in a way sure where where she's just like i'm i'm making art and i'm she talks about her like singing performance on this and how she needs to like like pick up dive into this emotion like find similar to like a stage actor or even like a film actor she's like i need to find that emotional core right in order to deliver this song and she i think from 20 15 to 2019 straight up told people she's like i will not be performing nothing compares to you live anymore because i cannot find that she's like i can no longer tap into that emotion to give you the performance it it demands yeah and fair enough i know like well i guess the story that reminds me of is um actually from the tragically hip um, mm. gord downey there's a song where that the, they like didn't do too often because Gord Downey said, like, basically, didn't want it to become normal and, like, wrote. Right. So, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Similar lines. If I was, I was to pick out a, a yeah. Canadian artist who is also popular, but definitely an artist, Gord Downey does come to mind. He's very, uh, it's quite unique, I think. Yeah. Um, also passed away young. Hmm, yeah. A lot of those coming up today. A lot of those. Hot damn. Um, but those are the lyrics. So it is this, um, like, like it's this very like sad, like you left me ballad. Yeah. Whoever that person is, 
they've left and now the world is a little less bright because of it yeah it's very sad i mean the the title doesn't pretend like it's not gonna be sad i guess yeah except for fucking prince's insistence on fucking <laughs> like talking like a like an right. early internet user but in the you. 80s though mm-hmm. so like uh early on but definitely yeah like uh, we didn't mention it but it's spelled with the number two and the letter u yeah i'm surprised none of the covers have changed that well i'm not that surprised but i feel like Maybe someone would spell the whole thing out, but it'd also be weird because it's not. It would also be weird, and it, like it lets you know that it is that song because I'm sure somebody else has a song called "Nothing Compares to You," but not. And this isn't even the only song Prince does that on. Let's see if I took. A oh, note he does of that. it all the time. Does it all the fucking? He does it time. more as his career goes on? I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's a big thing. Big Prince thing. Big Prince thing. Um. So let's talk about the Big Prince demo. That uh, features Prince on lead and backing vocals, the Yamaha DX7 electric guitar, bass, guitar, and drums. Uh, Eric Leeds on saxophone, Susanna Melvoine on backing vocals, and Claire Fisher on orchestral arrangements. Orchestral arrangements. Which sound pretty synthy. Yeah, they're pretty synthy on this. It's a very synthy track. We open with like the most like. Doom, 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 yeah, doom, it reminds doom, me doom, of doom. I'm the Walrus. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, before that bit. It's Uh, also like the most like classic shorthand for like sad sap song. It's just like boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's just, I don't know what that interval is, but it's a minor, Mm -hmm. I think. But it is like, you're like, oh, this song's a bummer. I know that right off the bat. Yeah. Um, there's a few other things in there too. There's some like guitar stings, right? Boom, boom. Um, as the drums kind of go. Da, oh yeah, boom, boom. Da, so yeah, there is like a an element of theater to this version, or like cinema score or something. He is like hot off the Batman soundtrack, and then also, <laughs> well, actually, that's no, sorry, he's hot off the Batman soundtrack when the Sinead O'Connor version comes out. In right. 1984, he's just Prince. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's that's much earlier <laughs> in the career. Yeah. Um. The other thing it makes me think of is like a clock ticking. Yeah. And we're talking about time right off the bat. So You're right. Yeah, check that out. That is an interesting move. Yeah, those drums are boom. Tick. Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um And the kind of big like hook of this song is the backing vocals. Oh, after oh, like oh, oh, a certain oh. amount of phrase yeah yeah that's a little like kind of hook i guess yeah it reminds me a bit of like rock and roll suicide or something in that like david bowie ballad vein where you get these kind of like hippy dippy kind of creepy <laughs> vocals ha 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 ha, ha. i mean oh, I, i'm thinking of um the the flight of the concords Bowie song actually the yeah <laughs> where they hundred yeah. percent it's in that vein um, obviously as a tribute to David Bowie so yes orbiting Pluto anyway we'll get too much into that um, yeah 
Yeah, so we get into the verse. Instrumentation doesn't change a whole lot. It says 13 no. days, as we mentioned, not 15. Yep. Sounds mm-hmm. a little awkward, but like I didn't really notice it because my brain was like, obviously, it's 15. Obviously, yeah, I was like, there's no way he's going to change something as simple as the number of days. <laughs> but, I mean, the first one that has that change is the Sinead O'Connor version. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she made the change first, but she might have. Yeah, um, Oh, the other thing is it's still doing the bum, 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 but we're changing around to different chords now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's things are building, you know? There's more drums, more guitar, there's more backup vocals on the oh, ho, ho, ho. Um, they also sort of break up the song, the oh, the vocal oh, ho, ho's. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. like, we'll hit that and then it'll kind of get to the next section and it'll build a bit, you know, more guitar, more synth, whatever. Yeah, it is like this, like, crashing of an engine or something. Like, it's a bum, 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 lands you back down at the bottom and then you have yeah. to build up again. And then, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how this version takes it, which is actually not really how the other ones do because this version wasn't released till like 2018. Yeah, exactly. You'll see kind of some part, like the O-O-O-O is present pretty much in the first three versions here in different ways. Yeah. But yeah, some of this other stuff, not quite. Uh, As we move into verse two. Well, I mean the chorus, we didn't even talk about the chorus. Oh yeah. It's kind of calms down a bit. Um, as like everything, it's one of the, it's like a coalesce thing, thing, uh, where everything is, was doing different things before and now it's all supporting the melody. Right. Yeah. And it's clearing space for Prince to fucking yeah. melt a little. Nothing compares to you. Um, and yeah, everything's kind of doubling the vocals or yeah. supporting the vocals in some way. Yeah. Anyway. It's that moment of like clarity in this, in this, uh, you know, this dystopic yeah. mindset. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Where he's like, nothing compares to you. That's that's the golden thing. That's the point of the song. Yeah. And then we get harmonies on verse two. Yes. Um, there's quite a few change-ups in verse two, actually. Yeah. Because, um, yes, the, there's, like, m- more harmonies... Uh, in there um as sort of we go back to that verse instrumentation with the intervals um but only plays for a bit um right there's also okay do you hear he has there's a line uh i'm lonely without or is it, it's been so lonely without you here that's the first line right is there a sound effect after that of like a frog croaking or something like a Hang on. Like it's hit. almost a cr- cricket chirp, but I don't think it's a cricket chirp. Uh, my my time one forty. Oh yeah, like kind of. Yeah, I think I just heard it. Give me another second here. Give me another run at it. Yeah, it's like a. It is almost like a croak. I wonder if it's like a low string, like sliding, like somebody just like moving their fingers on a bass or like just regular guitar. Maybe it just made me think of like. I guess it's kind of a joke. I don't know when it's like no one is there, so you play like random nature sounds. So oh it's yeah, like crickets or 
crickets or because he's in mostly the bayou, crickets it's usually frog, crickets yeah. but for some reason i'm like yeah you're you're in a bog or whatever right yeah it's, it's so lonely he's out in the bog and there's just a it's like, frog going it's like middle of the night just like no one there but the frogs yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was there intentionally or if that's even there at all but that's what i'm hearing no i think it might be uh <laughs> demo like just you know <laughs> roughness <Right>. yeah <laughs> yeah probably i don't think he's drawing on the classic image of a, a frog croaking of a frog Croaking when you're alone, yeah. you know, like in the Princess and the Frog. I don't know. Yeah, come on. Uh, the, the classic movie that was totally out in 1984. Well, yeah, it's, he had access to the Disney Vault, Alex. He kind of <laughs> right. you know, Fuck. he knew a lot of this newer stuff. <laughs> oh man. Um, yes, uh, you mentioned the backup vocals. They kind of they yes. sing every other line. Yeah. Um, where it's the structure kind of makes it so it's like. Well, it's not really. Some of them are like, I could do this thing, but it's not going to work. I could do this thing. Yeah. But that really only happens once. I thought it happened more. But it does seem to be like statement and then like, it's been so lonely that you hear something about that. Nothing stopped these lonely tears from falling. <sighs> kind of. I don't know. Right. Well, they I'm trying to like make s- statements about the structure and I'm not convinced they're true. I, I thought they were true yesterday, though. <laughs> There's something about how it lets him boost the energy and then gives him the space to like hit that second line, right? Yeah, as like a introduced idea and then resolution. Lonely tears from falling. It is, yeah, it's very strong downbeat. Yeah. Um, more so even on the doctor bit. Yeah, it really sets you up for that, which fucking hits that downbeat. I went to the doctor. Guess what he told me? Guess what he. That bit is even, I would say, almost a pre-chorus. Like, it feels so different. Yeah, and um, it, it really is lining you up. It's building that energy up for nothing compares to you. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just such a strong downbeat. There's also more guitar there, so you start to get these, like, guitar runs and stuff in. Yeah, a little uh, bit Prince, of, like, wailing, too. Player. Yeah, Prince, pretty legendary guitar player. Some, like, bluesy riff kind of things. Yeah. And then, like, the next big moment is the sax solo. Yeah, we go through another chorus and then into the solo, which, uh, I mean, I always love sax solo. Yeah. Mostly, mostly a sax solo. Because I feel like the guitar is kind of soloing on its own as well. Right, it's doing, like, a support solo. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, does it mean something that they're soloing together but separately? Is that yeah, it's it's about the distance between about, them, you yeah. know. It's like, they're looking under that same sky in the bog. They're just on different sides. Just on the different frogs sides. Are the frogs are croaking loud, man. <laughs> yeah, but maybe it is meant to put like a little bit of that like solo dissonance, where it's like, well, this sax is playing, but this guitar is playing along, but also kind of interfering. Yeah. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's about the emotional building, maybe, because then he comes in, and he kind of cracks on all the flowers that you planted, mama. Yeah, he's uh, he's really singing. I mean, Prince is a pretty good singer, so yeah. Uh, so I like the solo. I like the solo. Yeah, I like um, the solo. I thought it was good. Yeah, like we talked about how like Prince was fucking cranking them out. He was a songwriting and recording machine. Mm-hmm. Most demos we talk about on this show are not as polished as this, I think. No, I, I have to wonder how much, because this is from the vault, right? Yes. Uh, how much work was done after the fact? 
Um, I think all the tracks were taken from the 80s. Yeah. Or from the original recordings, but... Um, well, because, yeah, to hear the story told, there's only one recording of this. Okay. He comes out the bathroom or wherever the fuck he was record- He was writing the lyrics. <laughs> he goes, all right, family, let's get together. Boom, bang, boom. Fucking it's recording. Recorded and done. Okay, so it's not like they're they're pad- piecing tracks together or anything. It's like, this is the thing, and he's... Is being yeah, put out and more or less as is. If you watched the music video for this demo, it's yeah. comprised of rehearsal footage from that day. So it seems like it was all done in that studio space. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're writing that many songs, you got to move fast. Yeah, you just got to fucking go. And also do splits, apparently. Um, in, yeah, in heels, dog. Yeah. In heels. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, the bridge. Yeah, like you said, cracks a bit when he comes in. The bridge? You called it a, a bridge verse earlier, and I, I tend yeah. to agree. It f- feels like a, just a short verse, because it's not some crazy different section. Um, it feels a lot like a verse, but it's very short. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, it's slightly different from your standard verse. It's, he's, yeah. he's doing some different things, but yeah. Um... But, I mean, it's, the beginning's the most different, because a bunch of instruments cut out, but then kind of and there's way more backup on this bit. But that's true of the second verse as well, so it kind of feels like the natural build. Yeah, so we do get that build. The sax comes in a little bit, and still on the chorus, you get that kind of break. Like, it's just mostly him singing, but on this one, you get a few drum rolls in the mix there. Nothing compares. I have another question. Mm. The living with you, baby, was yeah. Sometimes hard. fill in the blanks. Yeah. What do you hear? <laughs> this Let me see now. I, gotta... <laughs> I think my timestamp is 340. Some kind of hard? Or, yeah, some kind of hard. It almost sounds like it says art, but it's probably hard, right? That makes yeah, more sense. Some, I know that, li- yeah, because I know that living your bay was some kind of art, but I'm willing to try again. It's like calling something some kind of art makes it sound good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe that was it. That Maybe that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. in terms of, of certainly how Prince approached the song, like living with you was hard, and it's like, well, you're the one he got broken up with, so what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, but it's like, it's living with you, baby, was like this beautiful artis- artistic thing. I don't know. I don't know. know. It doesn't but I think totally if, make if he's sense. he's an artist, then he's like, but I'm willing to try it again. It's like, well, sure you would try it again. It, you just called it art. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, it I guess sounded could like be a way it, of also calling it just saying some too, kind of hard makes yeah. perfect sense as well versus yeah. sometimes hard. Different way of saying. Yeah, and so whatever it is, some kind of art, some kind of hard, does that, and then we get kind of a big like slow walk down mm-hmm. into the outro there. Yeah, yeah, um, and then saxophone. Yeah. More sax playing. The sax gets uh, pretty rowdy in this bit. It sure does. Um, makes some sounds, let me tell you. Um, and they, yeah, they just kind of do a couple courses, uh, a bit of ad-libbing from Prince, and that's the outro. That's all I have to say with that. That's outro. the outro. Yeah, so it's pretty solid. It's got a big, it's got a bit of, like, theater to it, because there is such, like, loud instrumentation on this, and, like, you have this big sax, and drum hits like it is a bit rowdier than i expected knowing you know coming to this from the Sinead o'connor version but i think it still functions i think it's pretty solid it sounds like a prince ballad yeah 
I definitely liked this one. I was expecting it to be rougher because I was like, because mm-hmm. it's posthumous demo release. Yeah, which, which I would not just expect. A cash yeah. grab. Yeah, which can be rough, but this one, this one's pretty solid. Yeah. So let's talk briefly about the uh, the music video here. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about say. it. But. Um, yeah, so you see their uh, recording space, um, and mostly, yeah, just about the fucking work these guys do. Not just Prince, who is dancing, but his guitarist and bassist have to synchronize their fucking two steps and everything with Prince, <laughs> and still sing, and still play instruments. Like, that's just fucking insane. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite a rehearsal space. They're really moving. I guess it's rehearsing for the performance, but he yeah. really moves. So he really that dude moves, and like you're impressed just seeing him move. And then once you actually look and see he's wearing high heels, yeah, fucking hell, dude. Yeah, I mean it's always cool to see, you know, behind the curtains look at these sorts of things, right? Hmm. So it's cool, but it's also like doesn't have a whole lot to do with this song specifically. It's just no, sort of except that footage. that's from the day it was recorded. Yeah, I guess so. There is that, but it's not like it's synced up with this song in particular. Yeah, there's no like real moments where it's like, oh, you can tell he's singing it here, or like, oh, this is the sax solo here. Or, there's none of that going on. Yeah, but yeah, an interesting bit of archival footage. Um, you know who doesn't have archival footage is the original commercial release, or I guess technically our first cover of the day, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. The family. The family. You already mentioned who the family were. They're, they're the sort of leftovers of another band that Prince was involved in. Yeah. Um, he did this a couple times where he would sort of form a band and like manage slash write songs for them slash record stuff for them, but not yes. really be a band member. Like he was a band member, but like it, it was sort of pushed as a different thing a bit. Yeah. There's sort of, there, yeah, there's a few groups like this, and I'm a little unclear on what is what, because sometimes they were also, like, his backing band. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have things like the New Power Generation uh, and even the Revolution that are kind of separate things, but, like, they're actually Prince's backing band, but they sometimes yeah. do their own stuff. But it's just Prince doing that without necessarily putting the Prince name on it. So yeah, there's some weird, strange. like, contract stuff that went yeah. on. So as I understand it, he had a contract with, I want to say WB, was it Warner Brothers or Universal or something, where he said, like, I will, I will release music as Prince, but I am allowed to, like, have these side projects, basically. Like, I can have non-Prince avenues for more of my, like, other genres of music, things I'm trying to explore and experiment with. Yeah. And so then, yeah, he hires the time, and then he, he, like, sometimes they open for him, sometimes they are his backing band. I think there was backing band on a couple of albums. They were together for four years. He was apparently a fucking nightmare to work with, which... <laughs> yeah, that seems to be pretty consistent. <laughs> that uh, seems consistent claim. with everything we've learned today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then a couple of the key members leave. One left, Morris Day, I think was his fucking name, because yeah, he, like, right. was in a fight with... With the prince over God knows what, one guy left to pursue a solo career, a couple other left to become some of the greatest producers of the like eighties or nineties or something. 
And so then the remaining members became the family who were part of Prince's label. I don't think they um, had, well, they had this one album. I'm not sure if they were on any actual Prince albums. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But they seem to perform with him at least. Yeah, so they perform with him. Yeah, especially they were on the demo for Nothing Compares to You. Um, let's see here. Um, it seems like he. No, hang on. And, There's also no. like members that would go on to become members of the Revolution. That's right. Uh, which I think was after this. I think you're right because that's like later because the Revolution is Raspberry Beret and things of that nature, right? Yeah, and Purple Rain. <laughs> Yeah, and Purple Which Rain. Which was around this time, actually. Yeah, so 85. Because, yeah, the family's very yeah. short-lived. They're like a year. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So this yeah, is this yeah. weird in-between band who has this one shot at making something land. They don't really do it. I think this song is, yeah, it's pretty solid, though. It's a, an interestingly different take on it compared to all the other covers. Um, But... Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, like synth and symphony is your kind of opening here. You yeah. get a bit of string Only, action. There's no drums on this track. Yeah. Um, and they, it's like synth strings the whole time. Mm hmm. And like spacey. Like that synth is really yeah. like outer space shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it does have that like sci fi sound to it, right? Yeah. Almost like kind of like Alphaville at the time with uh, Forever Young. There's a bit of a link there. Yeah, and it's not just that. Like it is that, but I feel <laughs> like there's kind of two. Either the synths are sort of between two places, and that is straight string synth and like yep. space string and synth. space string. Yeah, uh, and so they kind of like go between like on that spectrum. They're somewhere in there, and then they'll bring a new one in, and it's like, well, that's a little bit different, but it's pretty similar. Yeah. So you get these, yeah, these strings and space filling out the track. And then, of course, the same pattern as the original, where after phrases, we get the, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. A little more minimal at the start, because it's all a cappella right at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, after some spacey sci fi synth. Um, uh, it's interesting. I, my instinct here is to say they're focusing more on the vocals, and I think to a degree that's true. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the vocals aren't as loud as you might expect from a case where that is happening, because it's not like a huge vocal performance or anything. Um, though he is, and he's kind of doing like a Prince. He's emulating Prince in some ways. Yes. Um, this, so they recorded the song in 1985 with their singer, St. Paul. Brackets Paul Peterson. Handy yeah, St. Paul Peterson. According to Peterson, he was asked to sing it in the style of Prince. And he does. And he does. Like, yeah. I mean, he's not Prince, but it's definitely in the style. In the style. And I think you're like right in that maybe that direction constrains his vocal performance a bit. Because this is like, as we're going to see with the next version, you can fucking bang this ballad out with quite a bit of emotion. Yeah. And we're, we're not hitting that yet with this version. No. It's a lot softer. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to figure out like what they're really going for here. And it, I, I don't, I'm trying to find a, a, something to compare it to, you know? It's kind of, for me, I saw it as the muddled middle point between the Prince demo and the Sinead O'Connor version. Yeah, it, it is. Um... 
because you still get a bit of this princeness, a bit of this, like that spacey synth is a bit like, ooh, we're funky, we're spooky, we're creepy. <laughs> and then you've got this greater emphasis on vocals because a lot of things are pulled back, which is more Sinead O'Connor. But there's too much instrumentation on this to hit that same power of Sinead O'Connor. We're not hitting that same vocal performance. And like elements like the oh, how, 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 I think don't play as strongly on this because you don't have the full instrumental like punch to back them throughout this. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have much, yeah, uh, in terms of, in terms of like, it doesn't hit very hard mm-hmm. when, it, when it hits. Um, it almost makes me think of like, it, it's like kind of posh. Mm. And like, like, just maybe just because of the string sound without percussion makes me think yeah. of like court dance or whatever, you know? Like, I don't, that's not even a real term, I don't think, but like, like, like a ballroom dance. People in like, like Victorian times doing a dance or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, that's what it makes me think of a bit. And because of that, it's, it's a bit detached. Definitely. And maybe a bit muted as well. A bit uh, muted. But it does it's... still have the saxophone. In fact, the saxophone solo is more or less the same as, as in the Prince version, but, but then you don't get that extra guitar. That's right. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting as a like, historical uh, thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so weird to think that this was, for years, the, like, the version. The, of the version, song. yeah. And like the Prince version still existed at that time. It just was at that time, locked yeah. away. If you gave it to me blind and were like, which one of these is the demo, I'd have probably picked this one. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're like, ah, oh, they didn't, the drummer wasn't in that day. But they're just yeah, you're like, okay, so they, so they just laid down some tracks. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so very different from the one that's actually a demo, but still, yeah, it kind of feels more like a demo. Yeah, but, but maybe they're trying to pick up... It definitely has a very yeah. different feel. I'll give it mm-hmm. that. Like, even the sax solo, which you said is, like, pretty much the same, but yeah. without that guitar backing, is, like, contextually different. Mm-hmm. It's And maybe they're trying to go for this kind of dissolved, like, you know, laying in your bed, just fucking nothing matters, everything's a little detached space. Maybe that's the approach. Right. There's no bass because you're not grounded. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something like that. Um, yeah, interesting. The family uh, didn't go very far after this. No. Yeah. But I think that said, like, that sax playing is good. I think this guy can sing. I yeah. wonder if, again, we're just seeing a little bit of, like, Prince. And I feel like I'm coming at Prince this week. But, like, maybe it's just, like, he kind of fucked their, their launch a bit. Where he's like, you got to Prince this up. And they're not Prince. They're the family, right? Like Right. He, yeah. I mean, we talked about how he seems quite controlling. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an argument probably to be made that um, that can be stifling. Yeah, and let's not forget these guys. Like at least like two or three members of this are on the demo track. Yeah. These guys already did a like a better version of this song. Yeah, so it's kind of also fucked for Prince to be like, "You guys are my band. I'm not going to be performing with you. Play my songs." Yeah, except he did do a lot of the recording. I mean, I think for this version, right? I imagine he was in the studio, but he is not on the track. His personnel. Prince, all instruments except where noted. Really? Shit. For this album. So okay. did a lot of recording for this did album. did a lot of recording for this. did do saxophone this. on the tracks, string orchestration, rhythm guitar, and track four. 
lead and backing vocals on the list of tracks or lead vocals in general. Okay, so that's even weirder then, because who is the family? It's like a weird puppet of Prince. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. Is like it's so unclear what is a Prince band, what is a band that is Prince's backing band, and what even yeah. counts as anything, or why you would release anything under any banner at all. Any banner at all. Well, there is a quote from that recording engineer again, uh, Susan Rogers, where she says. Let's see. Da, 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 da. She she talking about the song. She says it's not a pained "Help Me, Baby" track. It's "You're Gone and I Miss You," which is probably why he felt comfortable giving the song away to the family. He released his material based on what he wanted us to know about him, and wonderful as it is, he didn't want it to represent him. Yeah, fair enough. I guess it's part of the image, right? He still wrote the song and cares about it to some degree because mm-hmm. he created it, but like he's more brand conscious. Yeah. And then I think that maybe is also why he's he's. There seems to be a few factors in why he you know was pissed at Sinead O'Connor. Um, but I can see him being like, well, the demo I wrote, I didn't fucking launch. The family version didn't take off, even though I you know had my hands all over it. Right. And then some twenty-three-year-old comes in and <laughs> just fucking bangs it out. Like I could see him being pissed off about that. Twenty-three-year-old. Okay. I'm just trying to say, what's their age difference? Six years? All right. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, I think that's all I really have to say about that version. Yeah, it's it's an odd piece. Um, I don't. I, I still don't think it's bad. Like no, if it was the I only version decent. we had, I think it would be fine. But yeah, times but, they change, buddy. I mean, next up. Next up, 1990. Yeah. Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Uh, this is the big one. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. This I is definitely. Yeah. Market improvement over the original version for sure. Oh, for or sure. Over the family version. 100%. 100%. Um, I have to, and I wonder, I mean, we talked about, uh, like I said, the two things I know about her, that this is on a lot of lists of the best covers of all time. Right. And that she tore up a picture of the Pope on SNL, and that was a big Hell deal, yeah. apparently, which is weird, because the USA, as I understand, is not even terribly Catholic. It's more, like, Christian, but, but not so specifically it's, Catholic. But you got to remember, I, like, Lorne Michaels is pretty uh, tight about what he lets to be on his show. Yeah. And also, she's making a pretty, they're like, there's Irish people in America, and she was making a very strong uh, a statement about the Catholic Church. Yeah, okay. Uh, and enough. she tricked him. So what she did is she, every night of rehearsal, she pulled out a photo of a Brazilian child. And I imagine told them that it was like for like, you know, for world hunger or like. Or whatever. Oh, you okay. know, what, what have you. And she's like, I just like to hold this picture of a child up because, you know, we should remember that nothing compares to the children or some shit. So she like played them for fools. And then on the night of, I imagine they probably even zoom on the picture. I haven't seen the footage. And then it's the Pope and she fucking rips it up. It's. <laughs> I think it's fucking cool. Yeah, honestly. Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it caused the problem but yeah uh yeah support, it's yeah. supported now. Um, now fuck yeah but, but one of the best covers of all time the other thing right um yes. i definitely see where where you're coming from if if the only version that exists is the family version because mm. it's a, a a market improvement on that right but you think the prince demo is better better 
I don't know if I say better. That's what you're that's what your tone's suggesting here, that Alex. Is, I don't know about that. Like I said, I've only heard this song this week, so I don't want to make right. any huge statements about it. Okay, you know, um, except for comparing this version to the family version, right? But you I have to compare it to the Prince demo as well. I compare it to the Prince demo as well, but it wasn't made with knowledge. With of that. knowledge, true. Are you saying it would have been better if it was made with knowledge of the Prince demo? No, I'm just saying I like them both. <laughs> okay, you're just saying you like them both. I think, I think the Prince demo is pretty good. I think in terms of pulling out the most from the lyrics and in giving an unforgettable vocal performance here, we don't often dive into vocal performances on this show. We feel kind of it's kind of like a tougher thing to talk about. Yeah, definitely. This, this is this is killer. This is I think, unreal. I think the the effect of this one is definitely in the vocals. Yes. Well, because sure. that's that's all it gives space for. And that was some of my problems with the Prince demo too, is is like we need to have a little space to let these lyrics hit. Right. And pretty even good. In the family version where there was more space, there wasn't much prominence given to the vocals, and maybe yeah, those vocals are the argument right could also down. be made that the vocal performance wasn't as strong for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but even just the mixing didn't didn't put them front didn't, and center. Didn't help it. And then like just the dynamics on this. So one of my favorite parts is I went to the doctor. Guess what he told me? Guess what he told me? And she goes in the like two words from the harshest guess, and then down to this soft whisper. What he told me? Guess what he told me? And it's like. That hits, not only is that just like cool to move from that to that, it hits on this like hurt lover vibe so strong where you're both like angry and hurt and the saddest motherfucker on the planet. Okay. Like it's, come on. It's beautiful. Um, But we open with strings and these are, you know, these are 1990s synth strings. They're a little stronger than what we had in 1985. (laughs) Yeah. um, It is a similar sound to the original at this point. Mm-hmm. It does change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, compared to that, but it starts off in a similar place. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. That's all you wanted to say. Did I forget to write notes for this one? <laughs> Were you too the- focused on, on listening to it? Maybe. I could have sworn it. I could talk about it all day. Uh- yeah. <laughs> um... I mean, it, it's that intro bit, which is very vocal focused because it's really just some some string sounds. Mm-hmm. And her and then sort of some piano chords come in. Um, she also like she has like a voice, little voice crack on uh, the "whatever I want" line, which yeah. I think is technically yodeling. Yeah, she sounds like a goose. Yeah, little little goose. Whatever I want. Oh. Little honk. <laughs> uh, and then the drums come in, so that's sort of we get this like heavy beat that. That underlies the rest of the track. Yeah. And in this first like minute, you don't she later brings in an interpretation of the the that backing vocal like lick, but it's not there in your first verse. Cause later on she gets this uh, uh. Yes. Yeah, but it's a little different. It's a little different and it plays much better than the taking that riff straight like the family version does. It bl- blends a lot better in this ballad mix and it makes things, you know, it fills out some space. You, like like the, the way the family did it compared to the Prince version versus the way this did it? Yeah. Compared to the, yeah. 
Okay. I think, yeah, because like the Prince version, the kind of louder like backing makes sense. Yeah, I it's think a little more instrumental it, focused. Yeah, a little funkier. It feels more like a hook. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the family version, it kind of it's just still there. It's yeah, it's just like a, it's a relic of the demo that's yeah. just like in the mix. Where here, there's actually efforts taken to translate it into a stronger ballad mm-hmm. like context. Um, and we're changed up a bit. So, yeah. I, I mean, other than that, the track itself doesn't mm-hmm. change very much. No. At this point. It's, it's, it's the vocal performance yeah. that we're focusing on, 100%. Um, excuse me. You're excused, and, yeah, Alex. And she's, uh, she's carrying it here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because um, even like drums come in, it's not like the song becomes like fucking intense. Yeah. It's mostly carried by her vocals, like or like a it, dance track or something. Yeah, exactly. It's still like a ballad. Um, they just it's just got that. Yeah, and like your strings get like maybe a little fatter as we progress here. Just that like opening up as we come into the song more fully. Right, and then like more backups and stuff. Yeah, um, oh, where you get those OOs. Like there is a solo. There's a string solo later on. That's right. Uh, or synth string, whatever. Um, which kind of keeps keeps it feeling more even throughout, as opposed to like randomly introducing a saxophone. A saxophone uh, which would again, not like, fit w- as well in this version. No, <laughs> like it works on the Prince demo, and it, it's yeah. fine in the family version. But yeah, if this had come in with a rip and sax, it'd be like. Very confusing. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's some. Al- there's also some like big string chords once you get to the bridge. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of a lot of sounds. Big co- chords. Um, but it's mostly uh, like the other parts. But of course, except for her singing. Yeah. It it is like uh like it is kind of a climax. The bridge verse. As much as it is also just, like, more things that relate to the title line, nothing compares to you. Yeah, but now there's this flowery imagery, which is, mm-hmm. which is nice. And then the weird, I know living with you is sometimes hard. And we already discussed how that, uh, how that could be interpreted differently, particularly in the Sinead O'Connor version. Yeah. Who apparently changed her name, actually, from Sinead O'Connor, but Sinead O'Connor is so much easier to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I'll I'll keep going with that because. Oh, she was, wait, she had a different name. Like, when did she change her name? Uh, when she converted to Islam. Oh, she became Sinead Islam. She became. <laughs> see if I can read this. Shuda. Sod. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing that here. And it says while continuing to perform and record under her birth name. So since we're talking about her predominantly as a performer, yeah. I think No, I think I'm we're definitely okay gonna right. keep saying Sinead. I'm definitely gonna yeah, work with that. She also had other names. I'm just looking at the other names here. Mother Bernadette Mary, Magda Deville, and of course that, that one you pronounced so beautifully for us. <laughs> I will not attempt. <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean I looked at the spelling, I was like, that sounds like something that's gonna be pronounced differently in arabic and there's this nice arabic writing here that shows mm. how it is spelt in arabic oh, perfect uh and it contains a vowel that is not present in the english alphabet so too well, technically 
There no, you just go. Me. But yeah, that, that verse is great. And then she kind of just rides out. Like the intro is her just hitting the chorus a bunch. Might be a I mean, the outro song. rather. Hitting the outro. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're back in it. We're back. Yeah, we can't talk about fucking names and fucking linguistics all day, Alex. It's not linguistic uh, me. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, soaring. Would you say her performance soars? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, fucking great. She and I feel like every nothing compares to line has a different read on it. You know. From that acting perspective, sometimes she goes up real high. Now, that's not something that I picked up on. Well. But. Maybe I'm just being effusive with my praise, but. No, 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 no. I feel feel like uh, your lukewarm reaction to this has got my heckles up, and I got to fucking fight for Sinead O'Connor here. No, I I, I, I 100% think that she does... um, crushes the performance i was more focused on the rest of the track which is less interesting to me but it's not like it's bad or anything and she totally uh, crushes it so yeah and i think it's not necessarily a responsibility of this backing track to be interesting no i don't think so to be supportive um and it does and it supports for sure now if you thought the instrumentals were uninteresting what about this music video alex well, the music video uh, is is different. I mean, uh, you get to see Paris, so. <laughs> well, you get to see beautiful gay Paris, yeah. So this is the music video directed by John Maybury, who uh, is one of the 100 most influential gay and lesbian persons in Britain, according to some magazine. Oh, how about that? And also did the West End Girls music video for the Pet Shop Boys. Okay. So yeah, this is her walking through Parc de Saint Cloud. I refuse to pronounce that in a French way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't determine if it was supposed to be cloud or like clo. Clo. Because oh, yeah, uh, so Google that, Translate t- gave me both pronunciations depending on uh, how I wrote it. So okay, it's like a Parc de Saint Cloud. So yeah, so very humorously, he shoots all this fucking footage uh, around Paris on some of her like walking around, some of just these statues and shit out there. Yeah. And then he ends up using mostly just a tight shot of Sinead O'Connor singing the song. Yeah. And like, that's the video. I think it's like this. I knew this video, even Mm -hmm. though I didn't know the song. Like I was familiar with this shot. Yeah, I think it's pretty famous. Interestingly, I think uh, it's kind of a predecessor to Robin's Dancing on My Own music video, which also features a lot of close-up. Robin's doing a little more in that. She's doing some angry dancing and things. Right, it's a different vibe in that song, uh, but similar ideas. Similar ideas. Um, so the big moments in this really are like it's it's her singing, and she you can see the emotion on her face, which I think lends to the performance. Like she said, she does yeah, this emotional absolutely. style of singing. Um, and then the big moment is during the the flowers verse that she she literally cries. She sheds, I think, two tears. Yeah, she starts to tear up, and then you see him roll down the face a bit. See him roll down the face, and so people at the time they're like, "Okay, that's some pretty good like." acting there that's some pretty fun they put some water droplets in her eyes no she's she started thinking about her yeah. mom and then there's someone just off screen with a little water pistol shooting yeah, like, pew, pew. sharp shooting her face but no she's generally crying and then she was like oh no i'm crying and then she's like fuck it no just use it and keep going yeah that's something i thought was um interesting about her performance is like you can see she kind of alternates between looking at the camera and like down Mm-hmm. So I feel like that gives a really 
that's effective. That's effective yeah, to me. That is effective. Um, oh, how did I describe it? Um, it? Vulnerable. It feels vulnerable, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of this performance. Yeah. I think a big part of the, the song, her version and maybe in general, all is that. Performance. No. Mm. I don't think Prince sounded vulnerable in the demo there. <laughs> uh, yeah, not. Well, I mean, he didn't put the song out, so. That's, oh, yeah. He's too scared. He, he, he put it out, but hidden behind the family. Hidden behind the family. True. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few other shots of just her, like, walking through this park. Walking. She's wearing this big coat. We get um, to see some sad statues. Yeah, there's a bunch of statues and, and trees and, like, bridges or whatever. Yeah. And then the slickest move at the end. It's like music video as advertisement. They just superimpose the cover of her album over top of this Paris, like, park. <laughs> <laughs> is that her looking off to the side? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And that is the album cover. So. Okay. Pretty slick. But I think we got to move forward, Alex. Nothing more to say about this one. Um, And we skip straight ahead to the year of our Lord, 2003. Let's talk about me first. And I think it's a soft G on this. The Jimmy Jimmies. (laughs) The Jimmy Jimmies. (laughs) Let's get me first and the Gimme Gimmies. Jama Jamas. Um, the Jama Jama. It's the punk rock super group cover band. Yeah. We discussed a little while ago. Yes, we did. Um, and I wrote down what song it was, and oh apparently I... Good job, Alex. I can't find it. I could have done it. I could have. I would have. I should have. I'd swear I did, but I can't okay. find okay. where I wrote it down. Let's see if I can fucking search it up. They're on Rocket Man? Yes, Rocket Man. Is that the one? Rocket Man. We talked about them... We talked about them for Rocket Man. Did we? It's only pulling up Rocket Man for me. Hmm. That's fine. That and the song Gimme Shelter is what it pulls up when I put in Gimme. I don't remember how I found the song. Anyway, doesn't matter. We've talked about them before. Doesn't matter. We're talking about Fat Mike of NoFX, Joey Cape and Dave Ron of Lagwagon, Chris Shiftleft of Foo Fighters and No Use for a Name, and Spike Slauson of I Forgot to Write the Band Down. So they're a punk rock supergroup. They do covers. Is that the name of the band? Uh, is me first in the Gimme Gimme's? No. No use for name is the name of the band. band yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and this is, listen, you know what a punk rock cover sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, well, ska punk. Ska punk. Ska punk. Um, yeah. So they generally do fast versions. I wouldn't say this is particularly fast. Because of the ska bits, uh, right. but it does speed up. Um, they also condense it way down uh, to two forty one because yeah. they go fast. Exactly. Um, so they got that heavy skank going. Uh, you kind of like the end of the verse doubles up on the kick, and then you get into the chorus, so it builds up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's that sound. A little bit of bass groove. Yeah, you open with a skank and vocals immediately. We don't get any of that like kind of space setting up that we do on the previous versions. Yeah, it's right in. And then it's sort of the two sections of the more ska verse and then more straight. You know, yeah, just driving um, chorus driving where it's like nothing compares yeah. to you. Just um, So I would say like if someone's like turn this song into ska punk, this is what I would think of. Yeah, it's and very, I think like, like functional. 
It's very functional, and I think like the lyrics themselves is sad sap shit, which works with a lot of genres of punk. Yeah, being a sad sack and playing punk rock are almost hand in hand, right? Yeah, are like basically the same thing. Being uh, the one kidding. who got broken up with, like, yeah, that's punk. Yeah, rock. In, a, in this sort of like pop punky vein. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um. What else is going on here? Because I feel like there's not a whole lot to say. Not a whole lot to say. Um, Did I like this version? Yeah. Yeah, solid. <laughs> the other thing I will say, there's a bit of like Sinead O'Connor influence, of course, because that's what they're covering. Yeah. Uh, they say every boy I see. Oh, yeah. Um, put my arms around every boy I see. Very brave of them. Very brave of them, yes. Um, <laughs> and um, there's a few times where he like gets close to that like yodel vo- vocal crack. He, he definitely imitates it on the thing. line where she yodels. Yeah. Uh, even a little later on, like in the bird without a song line, I noticed okay, it. Okay, yeah. So it, it comes up like a couple times. It's not a ton, but there are a couple places. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're they're playing it close to the original in that sense by doing yeah. these like vocal tributes. Of um, course, verse two a little more active than the first verse. Yeah, it's um, classic stuff, man. Classic stuff. It's classic. We get a come on woo after the. The doctor verse, I think. Because, <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's like all active, right? Because they go through. Yeah. And then they go through the bridge, I think, at, uh, not skanking, right? Yeah, that's right. Because, yeah. yeah, they do the chorus and he says, come on, woo. And then, boom, straight into the, all the flowers, mama. Yeah. So it's, it's after a point, they just sort of kick it out and then go through the rest. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's real, real rock, punk, punk rock stuff. Yeah. And it's on a bit of distortion. If you're like in a hurry, you need to listen to nothing compares to you, but you don't have five minutes. You're in luck. Yeah. <laughs> but if you need to listen to a version of this song, that's kind of like a bit fucked up and like stressful. Why not shiny toy guns in 2005? Yes, this one, what did I think? This, I mean, this 2005, so it feels like a bit edgy in a 2005 way. 100%, yeah. Uh, and it's like they're trying to depict like a, it's like a Joker style, like fractured psyche. Yeah, they got disturbed on their or yeah. forehead or whatever, <laughs> broken. What is damage? That's what it is. Damage. The, the Suicide Squad movie. Oh. Yeah, it's classic where he's all tatted up. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they're American rock band from LA. I know the name. I don't know a single song by. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but I don't know why. But I do think maybe they were occupying that like edgy, like rock needs to evolve to have laser percussion kind of <laughs> vein of rock and roll. Yeah. So I mean, uh, they were described as a rock band in their Wikipedia page, but if you look at their individual pages, they are described as a member of new wave indie rock band, Shiny Toy Guns. So um, I did notice they sound exactly like the cars. Like the cars, yeah. Honestly, this I don't know about new wave, uh, but it sounds this is like dark electronic rock. Is my yeah. my words, my three words for this. Um, yeah, it almost draws on like industrial and like it does a bit, yeah. and like it gets like sort of like choppy and screwy almost at times because they do a lot of vocal stuff because they do a lot of change-ups in this and that's kind of where i was getting that fractured psyche thing from right so i find it hard to talk about it's another one where there's a lot of things that happen 
so I want to like describe them all. I'm like, I could go through this whole song and be like, yeah, they set up the beat. Then like they go acapella and it's like quiet synth and then the vocals yeah. get all distorted, but then they're like spoken word. And then like, there's these like farty synths in there. Very aggressive yeah. farting too. Um, and then like the lot, like changing styles between lines and like they're skipping this course cause they skip the first chorus. I'm just listing things, man. I'm only on the first chorus. Yeah, but, yeah, so yeah, there's a right. lot of things happening. There's and even animal noises that, at one point. There's animal noises. Let's talk about those vocals for a minute. Yeah, talk about the vocals. Because it's interesting that stuff. even her, because there's stylistic changes, and then there's just changes in where her voice comes from. Yeah. Because it'll be that same style. That, it's been 15 days since you. And then as that line ends, the other one will start, but from a different, like it'll come from the right side instead of the left. So it's right. that idea of this like split psyche. Like it feels like you're hearing the thoughts come into her head and collide and overlap. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the like grungy, dirty, industrial bit where she's coming in a lot harsher and like screaming a bit. Yeah, and then after that, she cuts way back down and, like, is just basically talking. Yes. Um, So, it's all over the place. And then it kind of, in its back half, picks up a bit. It gets this, like, you know, actual beat going. And then gallops along with that for most of the rest of it. Yeah, there Um, is an emphasis on the drums here for sure. They're mostly in the space. And then, similar to her vocal track, they get altered and modified to be spookier grungier crunchier yeah at different points like so yeah it's a really like off kilter song and it makes you feel like you good for the person who left i'm like thank god they're out (laughs) (laughs) yeah really yeah they're they're like the kind of psycho right yeah it feels like we talked about the psyche and part of it feels a bit dated to me because this is 2005 and this is like exactly the era of time where I'm like, ah, that's old fashioned. That's yeah. part of my youth. I don't want to revisit. But it's reasonably effective in that way. Yeah. It's just that the aesthetic is maybe a bit unappealing to, to me because of my age. That could be it. And there is like, <laughs> it kind of draws on a similar idea of like, you know, the breakup is one, you're the soft, sad person. Also, two, you're, you're kind of angry. And this one just True. bumps up the dial on anger yeah. a bit more. More anger, for sure. But yeah, it does have the feeling, like the modern day version of this is like your cinematic trailer version where it's like, ooh, it's dark, <laughs> it's edgy. This isn't your granddad's, nothing compares to you. It's like, okay. Yeah, I think it's more effective than those because it actually has something going for it instead of just like, let's, what do we do? Gunshot? All right. like Yeah, it feels like they're coming at this genuinely rather than for yeah. money. Like, oh yeah, yeah exactly. I'll say that for sure. Um, So, way to go. Yeah, very dynamic, STG. very much not like any other version we're going to hear today. Yeah, very different, and uh, yeah, it has has uh, has an identity, so there you go. Yeah, it's uh, stressed me the fuck out. What didn't stress me out, though, <laughs> was Aretha Franklin in 2014. Nothing compares, nothing compares to you. No, um, not a stressful version. Not a stressful nice version. version. Uh, another, so Aretha Franklin. Yes. Does she Agreed. need an introduction? Ladies uh, and gentlemen, Aretha Franklin. Very, very well-known singer. Uh, kind of one of the all-time great uh, singers. Uh, yeah, you um, want to talk about covers. You want to talk about greatest covers of all time. 
You want to talk about oh, the number one yeah. song for Rolling Stone, 500 greatest songs of all time? Of all time. Aretha Franklin, R E S P E C T. R E S P E C T. Find out what that means to her. Respect. What does that mean? Um, listen to the song, you'll find out. Listen to the song. It, yeah, you'll find out. Um, it's all laid out there. But this version, so we talked about this album. This is uh, 2014. She did an album of covers. Um, yes, sings the great diva classics. Great diva classics. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that. Sinead O'Connor was considered a diva, but I guess anytime you are uh, a, a female performer who sometimes disagrees with other people, you're probably considered you're a, diva. a diva. I think they mean it more in a like performance quality rather than diva in the sense of like her <laughs> disposition. Yeah, but like probably was referred to in that way. Probably um, for sure. Oops. But we talked about rolling in the deep. Yeah, we talked about rolling this, in the deep, which was kind of fine. Um, but this song, produced by none other than uh, outcast rapper Andre Three Thousand. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that credit. That is so. Aretha covered this for her 2014 album. Aretha Franklin sings the great diva classics. Her version was produced by Andre Three Thousand, who gives it a classic jazz feel. Aretha's longtime collaborator Clive Davis had known the outcast rapper since he was 17, and that friendship led to his involvement. Quote: He said his dream is to produce a cut or two for the great Aretha Franklin. Said and Davis. He did. And he did. And yeah, this is a real, like, jazzy, active version. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, gets got the, he's sort of like that big band jazz sound. Got a lot of those bit horn stings and piano chords, and they're going, you know? Yes. Um, this would play well in a fancy restaurant. This would play well in a fancy restaurant. <laughs> now, almost a little too fast for that, but... Uh, maybe, yeah. I'll eat to this, but maybe some, some people would be more picky about that. I don't know. Um... But yeah, your whoa, 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 whoa's are put on brass. Um, it's it's sharp. It's right into it. We're playing the notes. That mm-hmm. piano is dancing on this one, man. It's fucking going all over the place. Yeah, and she's moving too. Like she clears through some lyrics like pretty quick. Yeah, uh, and then there's an extended solo section in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, where she does some like scatting, and uh, I was wondering because she was going through it so fast. I was like, "How is this song still four yeah, you're minutes?" Like, and Holy shit! Long? Yeah, like we've only shaved a minute, but yeah. she's moving at like light speed. Yeah, but it's because of the solos, of course. Yeah. Um. So that happens, and then kind of gets into the bridge like halfway through, and the outro is quite long as well. Yes. Um. That's and that outro is quite fun. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she's she's got a good vocal performance on this. She sounds like she yep. she she could be fucking twenty three on this herself. Like she's doing great. <laughs> um, yeah, she does. Here's the weird thing though. She gets and maybe because she's just having too much fun singing this. She gets to the doctor uh, verse, and she's like, "The doctor said, Aretha, girl, you better have fun." Uh, she she doesn't call him a fool though. Oh. No, she just she just rips right into the nothing compares to you. She just says nothing. Yeah, okay. She's like, yeah, all right, I'll have fun. Um, because I mean, hey, she's however old she was. This is her later years. This is like she dies she's the like, yeah. same year or shortly after. This is within like five years. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly when. But. But. This version, yeah. Okay, twenty eighteen. She dies four years later. Four years later. Okay. Um, this isn't like, this isn't like recorded from her deathbed or anything like that. <laughs> she's giving this energetic performance from like, a hospital a, That is a hell of a performance. Like she's um, a damn showgirl to the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh, at the end, the other thing she does, um, 
well a few things i like the outro um kind of as like get more horns in there yeah um, could have done without the scatting on this but i understand the genre yeah i get it i get it i get it um everything kind of like is rising up and like starts to blend together so yeah it really feels like i mean this is the ending of the album is very like climactic oh yeah um then she starts to list things that don't compare to you Oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, so we get strawberry sundays, sundays. Uh, ham hocks and greens. Yes, uh, her roller skates. Her roller skates. Those are the ones I got. Were there more? Um, I love my garlic toast, but oh. nothing compares to you. Garlic toast, but it's not quite as good as you. I love that garlic a majority toast. of it is food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean garlic toast man it's good stuff i mean yeah she's talking to the common people here strawberry sundays ham hocks and greens ham roller hocks? skates and garlic toast very accessible and this is oh, like yeah. Arena frankly could have been like caviar fucking having sex on yachts and all this doesn't compare to you but <laughs> man she, this was just the yacht classics. sex just isn't the same without you uh, <laughs> yeah no it's good it's good yeah so this this version is very fun i love that she lists off the, i think that's a good bit although maybe a bit food emphasis but like <laughs> st- st- it's good it plays we do lose the weight of it but we we clearly love the song i think the composition's good yeah it's fun yeah yeah let's let's get a little let's let's do some can con though let's talk about deep wave which is yes. also luke mcmaster who's part of deep wave so yeah I don't and luke mcmaster which there's two members in this group and only one of them got a solo credit for some yeah. reason so this is the year 2019 um and this version is like kind of your like gentle synth, a little bit of like a little bit R and B inspired, but through a twenty nineteen lens rather than a nineteen nineties lens. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you mention the other guy in in Deep? No, Bay? who's the other guy? A- Aaron A R U N Chattervedi. Chattervedi. Um, I just got that from their Facebook page. Okay. Um, I forgot to check where they're from though. They're Canadian, eh? Toronto based. Toronto based. I think that's what it said on their uh, title page. Oh, Shout okay, out to I didn't look at that. I just looked at their uh, Facebook page, which says Deep Wave is the production team of Luke McMaster and Aaron Chattervedi. Chattervedi. They oh, have written and recorded. Oh, I might have looked at it on Spotify instead, because I have access to my Spotify account. What? The enemy? Oh, I still use Spotify. I, I, um, I don't pay him for it, I'll tell you that. I don't I listen to music on it. Don't. I know, you You have two fucking music streaming services you don't pay for either, Alex. Yeah. You're wondering who the 1% is, folks. <laughs> Every right. week on the show, you're listening to them. Right here. Right here, baby. Um, um, this version, so yeah, we open with a little synth, a little... <laughs> setting up a bit of that, like, fuck jam vibe, but it doesn't really deliver on that. It's more like indie soft baby with a Man, filter I, I on the vocals. I wouldn't even know how to identify a fuck jam. Vibe. I'll try fucking to it. Is <laughs> yeah, I guess I gotta take it. For when I way. say fuck jam, I mean like 1990s R and B. Okay, all right. I no, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, they. It's like they set up this electronic soundscape, and it's like a real glassy synth, and they got those like <laughs> vocal sounds, like you mentioned. <laughs> And then, so it's mostly just those, like, very filtered vocals doing this, like, real close mic thing. So that's kind of their take on the battle, is is close mic. But it's also, like, 
their production team. Yeah. So like it's it's very processed. Very processed. I and I think that's I think the guy can sing. Yeah, I not I, that, when I say process, I don't even mean like auto tuned. I just mean like the filters very often. The fil- and but what I'm saying is, I think they should take the filters off. Oh yeah, let the man sing. Yeah, or, or like do some of the filters at the start here because they got some fun filter stuff. There's some moments like later in the song where he you can hear him starting to let go and really let let the pipes do some work, but the filters are holding him back. Give me the full on. Give me, give it, give it all to me, baby. Let loose. Yeah, they really keep it very subdued because of how they uh, do the vocals. Yeah, how they do those vocals. And it could, it could reach some some heights. I think. Um, I think so too. Most of what they do in terms of like build is once it gets to the, I mean, they add more instruments and like more like kick drum hits to get. Some yeah, and these like finger hits. snaps that they combine with like cymbal or something. It's yeah, a very fun like. So you get the snap and you get the like. And they combine together. I thought that was very cool. Okay, good sound. Yeah, there's a lot of sounds. I mean, they're production teams, so the sounds are kind of more of the focus. Yeah, uh, sound design. Um, the other but thing. But do they, they come do, together, bro? That's the question. Do they come what together? Else do they do? The two of them. Yeah. To make this, I don't know. Um, I guess he probably is he singing. That's why he has a separate credit. On Maybe this. I don't know, or if he just like has solo stuff and then sometimes you know the title just lists them right just shows both um the chorus yes it gets like trappy they get like the the trap symbol like, yes the trap drums thing. come in um and then like a harp sound mm-hmm. fast harp. big That's harp action yeah um there's a piano so once you get to that there's a piano that comes in on the later verse yeah yeah um man what else uh, it's chill man it's like yeah, a deep it's like a wave deep wave more like a chill wave baby like a chill wave uh close mic electronic uh version that's mm-hmm. what's going on here um with yeah uh, uh, r&b i think is the right uh lens to yeah like thing. yeah like root or lens like it's it's definitely a- affected this piece but it's not the main yeah. Like, end result. What I was not a huge fan of mm-hmm. was the end. Yeah, what goes down. on in the end here? Fade. Right, it just leaves. It just exits. <laughs> it's like, it's very strange. And, like, the beat keeps rolling, but it fades out. I'm like, I don't know about that. I, yeah. I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, but honestly, it's decent otherwise. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad for being what it is. I think they could make it better, but I think they hit some good, good little beats here. I think think it's not a bad production job that's what they're here for but alex is it the best worst or fanciest version let's find out fanciest oh my gosh that's right baby which one could you play in a fancy restaurant is our wild card category today we have three categories it's our final verdicts let me do the preamble here we got three categories the worst version the best version the version playing in a fancy restaurant alex what's the worst version of this what's the worst version of this Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, I didn't like hate any of these versions or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am a little unclear on which we would consider covers. Um, but so I'm going to say the weakest version is probably the family version, um, which could all, be considered the original, which sometimes yeah. is exempt from this. But given given current circumstances, I wouldn't consider any of them exempt necessarily, except maybe the Prince demo. But I don't know. Man. Yeah, even that, it's like. Nobody like I knew could, it was around yeah. until it's it's a very strange scenario this week, but I tend to agree with you. I think like oh shiny toy guns isn't winning an award for me, but 
just because they had a take I disagree with doesn't mean it was a bad version. Yeah. It was just like, it's its own strange, weird thing, and I'm happy it exists. But yeah, the family is the one that feels like it's it's a bit trapped and like couldn't find its own identity. Every other yeah. one here feels very distinct to me, and like everybody landed at least. You know, maybe they didn't fucking get a ten out of ten, but, but like they, they they gave us their take, and it's just, yeah, it's a take, it's a valid, a lot take. of solid takes. So yeah, I do think it has to go to the family. For Even worse. the family is kind of a valid take; it just doesn't do as much with it, and like you said, feels a little more constrained. Yeah, it, it's it feels to me like there's a little stuff in the background going on there that maybe choked the version. Um, best version, I'll I'll go quick here. Sinead O'Connor. I'm yeah. not n- nothing it's, compares to that version. It's hard to not give it to that one. I would yeah. say that. I mean, I, it's it's quite large in its scope and what yeah. it has achieved. I also really enjoyed the Prince version. I'm not going to give it to that because that doesn't count. You can't be the best cover if you're not a cover. Um, I'm. I never said best cover, Alex. I said true. best version. That's true. Um, you can. But I always want uh, ignore the the original. I know you do. I know you ignore the very premise of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm just doing my own thing, man. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm just making it up. Uh, even if there's a. Even if there's a rule. Um, but no, I think it. It definitely has to go to Sinead O'Connor. Um, because how could it not? I don't. I don't know. How could it not? How could it not? And yeah, it's it's yeah. How could it not? I mean, pfft, yeah, Aretha Franklin's pretty fun. Deep Wave hits a good vibe, and yeah. the Prince Original's got got a lot going for it. But that's Sinead O'Connor. Come on, people, come on. Um, Alex, you're eating your dinner in a fancy restaurant. You've hacked into their uh, their Spotify playlist. What are you throwing on? Nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to you. <laughs> fancy restaurant. Um, I mean, I feel like the, if if I hadn't hacked in, uh, the most likely one to play would be uh, Deep Wave. Yeah, I think that would be a real restaurant. Like, but I'm hacking enough. in. I'm hacking in, so I'm playing yeah. Shiny Toy Guns because <laughs> I'm a hacker, the restaurant. And, out. And that's the that's the hackingest version of them all. That's right. That one. That one like makes me feel like I've system. got a hoodie and also fingerless gloves. That's right. They look at their like Spotify. There's a skull on the screen now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, he's in. He's in. Skull turns green. Our playlist has been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one for me. Solid choice, Alex. Solid. Um, great choice. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the little me first and the gimme gimmies. You know, I'm hacking in. I want to be in and out. People will just maybe kind of blink and miss it. But I still get a little nothing right. compares to you in there. Um, Gotta move, man. I'm upsetting the mainstream, the upper class, the bourgeoisie, but so quickly they don't even notice. It's like in Fight Club when they, they cut in a little little ding-dong into the film footage. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting in a little ding-dong. <laughs> and that is our final verdict. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Um, be sure to rate and review us. We are on Google Podcasts. I almost said Stitcher. Stitcher's dead. We're on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, fucking Podbean. We're on Podbean. That's our, that's our guy. We're on Podbean. Uh, we're also on Spotify. If you're there, you can see us there. Uh, rate, review us. Tell your friends, family, neighbors, loved ones about us. What you can do this week? I came up with this just now. It's a very original idea. But if you're at like a, you're working on an old like movie, you know, like old theater. You guys are running some film. 
maybe just splice in some images of cover me every like couple, you know, every like 10 minutes or something, just a single frame. And then, yeah, a little subliminal marketing this week. That's what you can do for us. Get out there. Cause a little, little. this is a little project mayhem for you yeah, guys. Cause a little mayhem. A little fucking mayhem out there. project mayhem was what we learned from the movie Fight Club. That's I think right. That's we're, what they were trying to tell if us. If there's anything we know after Blockbuster Summers, we're both very smart and know how to interpret films. And the, <laughs> the message from Fight Club was do a project mayhem. Yeah. But that does it for today's episode of cover me and as we always say on cover me i went to the doctor and guess what he told me guess what he told me he said girl you better listen to cover me no matter what you do